0: Welcome back to Questing Show, a play podcast where each week a new adventurer steps up to fix a broken kingdom. And for those returning back to Season 2, we have a very special guest today who is also returning for Season 2. Making this their third time appearing on the show and getting their free time challenge coin. Guest, please introduce yourself. Hello, I'm the Snakerer. I still make very long things. Snake, <laughs> how are you doing? What are what are some of these long things that you've made in the half a year since you've appeared on Quest and Shell?
1: It's <laughs> uh, so really only been one thing because a Yakuza Five video has become Yakuza Five hours long, possibly oh boy.
0: longer.
1: Um, but there should also be a little video on VR and some other stuff coming. Maybe around the time that this
0: episode comes out. Maybe not. We'll we'll see. Hopefully, we'll see what happens. So. How was this how has this Yakuza project been for you then? How when did you start working on it and I think I recorded footage in um
1: god uh fall of last year. Yeah. Yeah, I was recording footage then. I took a break to do a couple of other videos, came back, played through the game from December to February in like big chunks and hmm. wrote the script writing took 3 months and even then, you know, did audio in a few days and now I'm just trying to get a part of that out a month, giving it the, yeah. uh, the due time it deserves for something of that bloody size.
0: I don't think it's a bad idea either, because I know some people do like watching like an entire, you know, hours long YouTube video like all the way through. But I do think chunking it up does make it like a bit more accessible. And also like, I guess the way that you've approached it in regards to kind of focusing on different characters is also like quite a good way of like chunking it up as well.
1: Every character gets roughly an hour. Okay, Mm. most characters get roughly an hour. And then the finale is another hour onto itself. Because Oh, boy. Yakuza 5 is a weird one, because that is a game that is the biggest in its series, and it is written very differently. It's very thematically uh, exuberant. Mm. It's very loud and not at all... The weird thing about the game is it is so loud about what its themes are that I think a lot of people mistake the themes for shallow when it is doing a lot with them, but it's kind of spoken over by itself.
0: Yeah, like it almost um, doesn't, not cheapen, that's not the word I'm thinking of, but yeah, it's as you said, it's kind of like... It almost comes across like it's doing it in a really broad way, but it's not. It's just, you know, that's kind of how Yakuza does its stuff.
1: I think for some people they just find it funnier that, oh my god, this game just says the word dreams every half an hour, and I don't think they mean anything by it. <laughs> and I think there are another few people who do get a little bit scared away by something being so upfront with its
0: intentions. Hmm. They kind of shy away from it. No, I I kind of... I No, I, I, I do see that. Yeah, there's like a ton of Stuff like that. Was it last year or was it this year that Yakuza Seven came out? It no, it last was last year. year.
1: It was last year that Yakuza Seven came out.
0: Yeah, because that is a uh, that is a franchise that is uh, as an interesting uh, segue has transitioned into being something of a role playing game. What is your thought on that?
1: Um, they're complicated. I am sad <laughs> it's no longer a brawler, but I understand that things. I understand that after so many games, yeah, they, you know, it's fine that they can change. I wouldn't yeah. say that people who are sad it's changing um, are entirely petty. I'm somewhat sure. in that camp. I think it's more the fact that the fact that it's done well and it is fine is a good thing. Um, but yeah. when something like this changes and does so successfully, there is a part of you that is saying goodbye to the thing you like. There are plenty of, in this at this point, there are plenty of turn-based JRPGs we could play, but there was only one brawler JRPG and... Yeah, I, mean, I guess Judgment is stepping up to fill that spot, but Judgment is tonally a bit darker and a bit more its own thing. So mm. there is still... Yakuza 7 is great, but I do still feel a little bit
0: of a loss over that. No, I, I get what you mean, because, yeah, it is, as you said, like, we're not really going to get more games like that set in that particular universe in that particular style. It is, if we're going to get more... if Yakuza 8 will likely look like another RPG, which... I thought they'll, you know, maybe they'll de-emphasize some elements of the RPG stuff, or maybe they'll ramp it up because of the popularity of uh, uh, it. They've know, said I guess... that it
1: is a JRPG franchise from here on out. They have uh, made it clear that <laughs> oh, like, that is the plan. Uh, Yakuza is the JRPG and Judgment is the brawler. And eh, we'll see, where it, see how it goes. It might have its Yakuza 2 moment where it all clicks for me. I've been playing Yakuza 7, and I'm not a turn-based battler guy, but I think it's hmm. fine. It's it's not scared me off. It's not like ran me away from it.
0: No, oh, I think that's fair enough. Um, maybe not JRPGs, you think? But in the past few months, since being on Question Show, any new developments in your RPG world? Of uh, any any new games that you're looking at, or anything that you've started?
1: I've been playing uh, Depths of Peril. I've been playing a lot of VR games as of late. Ooh. Um, Depths of Peril is a very strange. I believe two man american game that was released in 2008 it's a studio that basically makes every rpg they make is just defined as a, a rpg taking place in a evolving changing world and they all have weird reaction gimmicks where uh this is like a diablo style depths pro is a diablo style hack and slasher but you are competing with several other npcs who are also heroes and you're You're not trying to stop the great evil threat, you're basically all competing to be the one who is going to take down the great evil threat, and it gives it a very different flow. It makes the whole game much more hurried and strange. Um, Yeah. I'm not usually a hack and slasher guy, but that gimmick did make me go, okay, I gotta see what that's about, you know?
0: Yeah, no, that does sound fun. It's almost kind of like a... Yeah, not like a speed run, but like a more aggressive and more kind of momentum-driven version of that kind of, yeah, Diablo-style game. So, no, that sounds quite fun.
1: Because, yeah, it gives this whole vibe that when your character is down in a dungeon, like, collecting stuff, it's got to be, fuck, while I'm down here doing this, they're up there, they're in town getting items and accruing power, and... Yeah, the AI is weirdly aggressive, and it does keep you on your toes. It gives it a very different rhythm of game. And I'm not sure it's to everyone's taste. I know a lot of being a Dead Rising fan, I know a lot of people don't like timers and external pressure, I think like, mm. I think it's great. I think it adds a really solid dimension to a game.
0: No, it's always how I felt about um, when they added timers to XCOM. Like, they kind of, they tried doing it with Enemy Within, and then, like, XCOM 2, they kind of went more in on it. And I know a lot of people were like, oh, it feels against the whole planning aspect, but it's still turn-based, for one thing. And also, like, I don't know, I think it just gives missions a bit more focus, where... That was always my issue in a lot of XCOM missions where they always ended up becoming a little bit too meandering. So, no, I'm all for more timers in games, I always think. Mm. Uh, No timer in this game, though, uh, unfortunately, which I guess you would remember from the last time we played. When I
1: made a a
0: usually hour-long podcast run for free. (laughs) When we did a feature length as long as um, uh, Irishman length... Irish, the Irish from Lemp, uh, we Christmas had a special.
1: Django, not Django.
0: <laughs> a hateful Jake. eight style intermission. Oh, that would have been quite good. Yeah, we could have. Um, people could have gone, gone for a week, get some popcorn from the uh, foyer. Yeah. No, that Listen, would've...
1: you are not allowed to pause this video into an hour and thirty minutes in. It's against the vibe of the video.
0: Exactly, That you will know when to do it. We will. you will hear a countdown sound, it will be like you know on, uh, when you watch television and occasionally you see that kind of, those black and white bars on the top corner that uh, rotate around which is meant to tell you that adverts are coming up, we'll, we'll do that, we'll do that for the podcast, don't worry about that. Uh, so I guess, Nick, I don't really need to explain to you all the rules of question show are because you're already quite... I, I I mean you've already played you've played this game. Twice, I I already. played
1: the season one rendition. This
0: is a uh, V2, but oh, it, it seems very
1: much in the spirit of things.
0: It does. That being said, there may be new fans of yours listening to this who saw your Yakuza 5 videos and said, I would really enjoy seeing this person on a on a on a one-on-one play podcast. But I don't know anything about Quest and Show. I didn't even know there was a season one. How does this even work? I'm going to tell you how it works, audience at home. So basically, before we started, Snake came up with a character who will be tasked with solving the issues at hand, and over the course of the adventure I'll describe settings, characters and situations, and then it will be up to Snake to tell me how they'd like to proceed with their actions. And most of the time these actions won't be challenged, However, there may be opportunities where they'll want to take the advantage. Say, get a drop on somebody or parlay for a better deal. Or times where they'll have to defend themselves, either through a lot of bluffing or combat. And during these occasions, they'll be asked to roll two six-sided dice. Snake, have you got two six-sided dice on you? I do. Do you want to? Because when you were the first guest on Quest Show, I hadn't figured out this really good bit. But... Would you like to give them a roll to see how lucky you're going to be this episode?
1: I actually did, uh, as you asked, and I got a six and a one. I got a seven.
0: Oh, so literally just above
1: a failure. All oh, right,
0: so quite on the borderline I of a failure. Pl- I
1: got the top of one result and the bottom of another, so...
0: Yeah, you got half a snake's... You got a snake's eye and a and a box car. So, yeah, interesting. I think... Hmm, I don't know what that's going to say about what happens during the episode, though. That's... Uh, I don't know, could go either way, I think. But, I mean, that's exciting, because, you know, that's where all the interesting stuff happens. But, during the actual game, Snake may be given small advantages that might get that 7 up to maybe a 9 or even a 10. And this will be based on stuff like the gear that their character has or their special abilities. And whether that, we'll add 1s onto the final result. But on the inverse, these... Th- things could be a disadvantage, such as the character being harmed, or just being in a really risky situation, and will remove numbers from the final result in those cases. And simply, high numbers lead to great results, and low numbers, again, I was on the side of getting low numbers when you GM'd the episode question Show, and you were also on the side of getting low numbers when you played the first episode, so we both know what happens when we get low numbers which is, things get interesting, I always think.
1: That's where, you know, the real storytelling lies, is when I uh, bump my head against things. Exactly. collapse into
0: a big heap. You know, uh, things happen, you know, chemistry happens under pressure a lot of the time, something which I think your characters are going to know a little bit about. Pressure makes diamonds. Very true. Pressure also makes, um crude oil and stuff like that so you know a lot of a lot of things do come out of pressure so we'll see what happens but before we get into that and with that all of that out of the way is there anything you'd like to say before we get into the adventure proper
1: um sure uh i i opened episode one with an apology for what was about to happen so i say today that i have only the best intentions to make trottle this If we're indeed in this the land that I named Jerkland, uh, (laughs) I'm not sure why. Uh, I intend to make it a better place. Today my intentions are pure.
0: I think. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, Also, uh, purity is also another very important thing. Actually, no, you're... Mm. Actually, I guess we're going to have to get into the actual specifics of what your character does. But that's okay. So... And Snake, as you are already aware, because of what you did as Task Rivoli Arrow in season one, and even what you did during the Christmas special, all of these actions aren't just going to affect this adventure, they could change the fabric of trot Again, for the better, like your intentions, or not for the better, if things maybe go wrong, but that's why we're playing to find out, so please to find do out. consider... Please do consider all of that in your decision making. Right. And so with that. Oh, and one more thing, Snake. Mm-hmm. Trust me on this. Oh dear. Oh no. You said the. You said the words. You said with f- that. For f- four out of game things.
1: For a personal note, James said, "Trust me." Before the most untrustworthy thing he ever did, and it took months. <laughs> See what you can do in an hour with that
0: warning. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, let's go to a land out of time and out of place. The Kingdom of Trottle Era. Ah, here we are. But we're not going to Trottle just yet, because first things first, there's something very important we need to talk about, and that is the character that you are playing today, Snake. So please, tell us, who are you? I'm playing Duncan Brewer. Not sure why I'm doing Duncan Brewer
1: in the third person in his voice. (laughs) Hello, I'm Duncan (laughs) Brewer, the Duke of Drinks. I I am currently the head of the greatest brewery, the Trottle Tipple Brewery in Trottle Era. Bit redundant, that. But I've (laughs) been away. I've been away on a pilgrimage for a great many years. I've travelled the lands. I've been to the warmest deserts and the coldest climes, sampling their tipple, learning what the people drink, what drives people to drink, what can my drink do for them? And now I'm coming back. I'm filled with wisdom and
0: booze. (laughs) Duncan, What would you say are your special skills?
1: Oh, I'm a very intuitive man, I am. Can look at a man and know what he wants, know what he's thinking. It's a valuable skill when I've been behind the bar. Wonderful. I'd also like to say that I'm a wise man. I've met many sages who think, oh, he's up there with me. He is. Don't know where he got it from. I've been sitting on a mountain thinking for years, but he did all his thinking in the streets and maybe I should have done the same. And lastly, I'm a man of service. Hmm. You can't get anywhere in this life, in this business, if you don't know how to serve others. You can't be served unless you know how to serve.
0: I think that's absolutely right. But what would you say, what is something that separates you, the best from the rest? You would say maybe your expertise, although that might be the wrong word for your particular special something.
1: Well, I've got an iron gut. Oh. Poisons just flow right through me and, uh, well, mostly rock gut, but we could call it poison.
0: Hmm. Very good. That might come in handy, depending what happens. But, before we get to that, what is what are two things that you usually bring with you? What would you say is your loadout?
1: I've got on me a couple of exotic potions. Say Ooh. potions with a couple of big fingers up in the air. And I've got myself <laughs> a mixing kit, because... You never know when you might need to impress, when you might need to improvise a little something.
0: Oh boy, oh boy. You are quite the man, I will say that. Small thing, though, Duncan. You were travelling into Truchlearis City around morning into afternoonish on perhaps the worst day you could have done so you would book the car you had talked to the man you were expecting clear skies but it was torrential rain on your way towards the city of Trottelera and then something happened that you can't quite remember you were in the car it lost control you were kind of on the side of a cliff at the time that it happened but everything kind of went a little bit dark after that. And you currently find yourself, not in a ditch, fortunately, or up to your neck in mud, or being nibbled by pigs. Instead, you find yourself in a rather comfortable bed. You look up and you see that there is a lantern on the roof, uh, illuminating the room. You smell woman's perfume and flowers in the room, and you almost, and you, here are two things that you hear: creaking on the floors as somebody putters around, and them humming to themselves.
1: It's a good song, right? Huh?
0: Oh, you say that, and these this person like perks up and looks over and goes, "Oh my, my word, you're awake." As they come over and look at you, Duncan. Um, what do you look like, Duncan? Duncan is a portly,
1: portly uh, middle-aged man, 40, like, late 40s, early 50s. He's quite, he's quite rotund, he's got a big, got a big beard, Um, kind of flush, rosy cheeks, and he is balding. Hmm. Uh, a human man, yes. A human man, yes. Uh, he's okay. quite tall, he's on the upper end of six foot. Not on the upper end of six foot, <sighs> around, you know, six three, six four, maybe, but he is quite
0: large. Okay, Um, your feet are almost dangling a little bit off the end of the bed out of the sheets, and you're quite bunched up against the headboard of this bed. Um, The person looking at you, though, might have about another half a foot on you, though. They were a very tall person, and... As the kind of, your eyes start to kind of like focus a little bit, the silhouette of them, you can make out two small kind of, almost bumps on their head, almost like very small horns and long ears like a doe. And they're looking down at you, Duncan, and they go, oh, I was so worried you were never going to wake up. How how are you doing, sir?
1: Doing all right. I've had worse. I've taken worse falls when I've been out on the run.
0: Oh blimey. Um this figure then comes a little bit more into view to kind of like help you up a little bit and fluff your pillows because uh you get a better look at this person Duncan and they are a beast woman. Uh quite a large one in fact, quite tall and quite buxom. A beast woman did you say? A beast woman. Okay. Yes. Would you like to roll 2d6 plus intuition to see if you can connect cognitive pieces of Lego together?
1: Sure, let's connect some cognitive bric-a-brac. Three and a five.
0: Eight, nine. Okay. This person looks very familiar to you, Duncan. Something about them makes you think of Trottle Era, As they kind of help you up and that's just kind of like my partner found you out in the middle of the road we were so worried that you maybe it hurt yourself out there but apart from maybe a sore leg i think you're gonna be all right i'm sorry do i
1: do i know you you seem familiar somehow
0: <laughs> she giggles a little bit Rosie she, oh i don't think so i live all the way out here on me lonesome with my master and my partner But my name's Jill.
1: Jill, well, I'm, uh, I'm Duncan.
0: She puts her hand out to shake yours, Duncan. And, yeah, Duncan extends his... Uh, shakety-shake. ity shake And she she kind of stands back up again and she said, Yeah, you know, a lot of people, sometimes they end up down here, they always end up having the nastiest prat... prat. Pratfalls! Yes, they end up having the nastiest pratfalls outside.
1: I... I see. (laughs) Pratfalls.
0: She nods up and down, not noticing the fact that blood is running from her nose.
1: I... So is that... Speaking of, is he
0: still in... Is he... Is he still
1: about as... King and Queen? You know. She's
0: looking at She looks at you with a completely blank expression.
1: You know, uh, King Brennan and Manon, and they had that little boy.
0: Big lad. Again, she's. She just kind of shakes her head back and forth, and she's like, never, never heard of him. You've, you've never heard of the king and queen of. Crotlera? No, that, uh. I've- I've heard of, um, I've heard of Trottle Error, but, uh, not much about that king and queen, unfortunately. Your nose is bleeding. She dabs it around where her dough nose and she's, oh, good! Oh, I'm so sorry, that- that does happen now and again! <laughs> As she, like, grabs some tissues and, like, dabs it, and she's just like, oh, I'm- I'm terribly sorry- What was your name again, sorry? Duncan Brewer. um-
1: I run, don't, the, don't. I run the I run the Tipple Breweries back in back in the city of Trotolera.
0: Oh. what well that would explain the um uh, what we found on you. Uh, she points over to a side cabinet next to the bed where your current loadout is. Which yeah. Which is very fortunate for you, I guess. Yeah. But she's just she's just kind of like it's amazing the glass vials didn't break in however bad that crash was. Oh, I'm surprised. Oh, I mean, um, you wrap them in a in a special substance created by wizards, where they <laughs> capture air between two pieces of plastic. It's amazing, isn't it? You just yeah, can't help an... but sit popping it for ages. But it's mm, oh yeah, it's, it is. I know. Um, but she just kind of looks back at you and she goes, "My master will be back any moment now, and we'll 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 cook you up a lovely dinner, Duncan. I'm afraid that you're probably going to have to stay the night here because of the the rain outside. It's oh it's I mean, that's how you ended up here in the first place, so one not one you catching a cold or anything like that.
1: Well, you, you did, you and your husband did nice enough to carry me here. At least I can do is maybe whip something up for you as well. My mixing kit is still good, I can make a fine drink out of any old thing I can
0: find. Roll 2d6 plus, we'll add backstory to this, so plus one.
1: Hmm, an eight again, three and
0: a five. Oh boy, and uh, yeah, that's no, no, so a nine. It's kind of like, pulls a bit of a face and she's just like, well, you know, my master does hire me and me partner because, you know, we we know how to do kitchen work and stuff like that, and I think he might get a little bit... I mean, he's a lovely guy. The lovely guy took us both in, but we do worry that, you know, maybe having strangers in the kitchen, especially before he meets you, might, you know... It could upset stuff. It, you understand, right?
1: He wouldn't be upset that a stranger has been dragged in?
0: She kind of pulls a bit of an awkward face at that, and it's just, oh, we couldn't leave you at the side of the road, mister, but... Oh I, no, I, un- like I sp-
1: understand that. Uh, m-
0: may I... might I meet this master? Well, he's not in the um, house at the moment, but the moment he the moment he comes in, I'll let you know, okay? Uh, she shuts the door then to um wipe away her nose, leaving you on your own.
1: So yeah, Duncan goes and um collects his stuff, roses. I mean, I imagine he was still dressed, yeah. But just yeah, checks all his pockets, checks.
0: Yeah, nothing. Uh, not, nothing has been misplaced. Everything is as it was.
1: Well, it's the last my. It's the last time I booked my travel through Mark Hart's. <laughs> Roses and cats.
0: uh so what would you like to do, or have you got any
1: questions? Hmm, well, examining the room. What am I? What am I looking at? Are there any windows? Are there any? Is there anywhere I can like look outside?
0: The there are no windows in this room, but you can hear the sound of heavy rain hitting the roof above you.
1: Bit, must have been out for a while. What if mm. she made it sound like people come falling down here plenty. Hmm. Very dodgy, that. Maybe- it is a
0: little bit dodgy, that.
1: Maybe I shouldn't look a gift horse in the mouth, but I don't know just how lucky I am to be alive. And she seemed that? oddly familiar, but who hasn't heard of the king and queen? <sighs>
0: Now that she's out of the room and maybe you can collect your thoughts a little bit, did you want to try and maybe squeeze if you think that you can put a name to a face?
1: I can try that, yeah. Alright. Are there there any personal effects in the room? Pictures, Ah. diaries, like, uh, just stuff like, not really rifling through their books right away, but like, you know, family
0: portraits, anything like that. Tell you what, roll 2d6 to see if you find anything... Um, you're quite a uh, wise man, so I'd plus one to this to see if you see if you find anything. Eight, four and a four. I'm just rolling eights four. all over the fucking uh, place today. This is welcome, welcome to eight in show. I, I the, talked uh, about podcast. the hateful eight, and now I think I'm
1: just uh, doomed to roll eights. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you open drawers and stuff like that, and you do find spare clothes and stuff of the like. You also find stuffed at the back of the uh, one of the cab- of uh, one of the drawers is old newspapers, some of which have pictures of uh, a couple of things that have recently happened in Trotolero, like uh, Deco investigation into the uh, the explosive murder of uh, Vito Staccato. Uh, what happened at the uh, Pratt's ball uh, over uh, Wintermiss and stuff like that, and then you also see a picture of the missing king and queen. Oh boy! The woman whose nose was bleeding and was cleaning you up is man on hemlock.
1: What? What on earth have I stumbled into? Mm. Sweet devil's juice, Ah sir.
0: You hear squeaking outside the door.
1: I stuff that. I stuff that like under my um, you know, under my uh, vest. Yeah, he's wearing a leather. Mm. He's like wearing a leather jerkin kind of vest thing. Um, sure. for reference, for Duncan because I've said he's been out of the country for years. He has yes. basically been totally ignorant of the ongoing situation in Trottle era. No, near enough completely. Like probably the first he's heard about anything that's gone on at home
0: was maybe sure. on
1: the car and. Probably not much.
0: Yeah, you were traveling on the cut. This is actually something I forgot to mention. Um, you were traveling in with a man called Basilio Rivliero, uh, who apparently was traveling to Trotolera to help out "quote unquote" a family member who mm. had fallen into "quote unquote" legal trouble. Mm. But he didn't really tell you much more than that.
1: Basilio Rivliero.
0: Basilio Rivliero. I will also mention. You don't know where this man is. Th- this, that man is not in the room with you. Obviously.
1: Okay, right. Yeah, that just comes back to my mind and it's like, what was that man? T- did that man tell me anything? Who was that lad and where is he?
0: But yeah, you double check the paper which said that, like, this is the first that you've heard that they've gone missing and that woman was man on hemlock and now you hear squeaking outside the door and you stuff those papers up your chest. I'm coming. I'm, I'm decent. Uh, it's okay. I'll let myself in. Uh, the door unlocks and you see a face pop around. Uh, it is the face of a beastman. It hmm. is the face of previous king Brennan Hemlock, who, uh, be beards looking a little bit shaggier than it used to, hair's a little bit longer, and uh, twinkle in his eyes as he kind of goes, Ah, oh, you look as right as rain. Yeah, how are you doing there?
1: Oh, I'm doing fine. My name is, uh, Duncan Brennan. I- I mean, Brewer.
0: Do- oh, Duncan <laughs> Brewer, huh? And, uh, uh, what kind of, uh, work do you do, sir?
1: Uh, well, have you heard of nominative determinism?
0: <laughs> he just kind of looks at you blankly. I'm a Brewer. Oh, just like your surname, huh? Yes. Oh, that's funny, because my name's Jack, and uh, very often I have to, you know, jack stuff up. So, yeah, I guess you and me are like two peas in a pod, huh?
1: That's funny, that. Your wife's name, Jill. Jack and Jill, yet I fell down the hill.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're a a funny man, Duncan.
1: Yeah, um, plenty of things are funny right now.
0: Yeah, I'm absolutely hilarious. Uh, this guy lets himself into the room, and uh, much like his wife, very large man as wide as he is tall. Much like his uh, wife,
1: a very large man.
0: <laughs> much like his wife. <laughs> much like Borat, my wife, a very large man. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's like it's like Mrs. Doubtfire. Like it looks like a kid, Like he took the wig <laughs> off and then came in. Okay. No. Um, but yeah, no, so he's just kind of in the room with you and he's a little bit smiley and he's just like, uh, you know, my master ain't back yet, but you know, I just kind of wanted to pop in the room and, uh, you know, make sure everything's all right because, you know, very rarely do uh, we get any more men here, so, you know, always nice to chat, right?
1: Oh, oh yes, it's always nice to chew the fat, but I... I- i was i had a travel companion, a man another man on the cart. you didn't happen to find him, did you and you he, kind kind of of runs, was... he kind of runs he kind runs through the a physical description of what he remembers of basilio uh
0: yeah, a tall uh very uh angular looking man mm. and Jack just kind of pulls an odd face and he goes by the time i got over to the car- uh, Sorry. Well, by the time I got over to the card, it was, um... I'm afraid it was just you and your belongings. I, I didn't even know there was another man on the card.
1: Oh, well, maybe that means he got off all right, then.
0: Ho- hopefully so. I, uh, I'd i hate to think of him being caught out in uh, this weather. Oh, that would be dreadful, yeah. <laughs> you know, funny, you said the word fat earlier, and, uh... I it was just kind of sticking in my mind a little bit.
1: Oh yeah. That's nothing worse than fat I guess. Nothing worse than a fat son. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he just kinda of looks at you and he's like Oh uh, do do you have a fat son, sir?
1: Oh, I've got a few sprogs, yes. <laughs> Multiple. He does have a few kids. <laughs> They've been running in his absence.
0: I literally imagine it's like uh, it, it, it's like that phrase in it. My 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 large adult sons. I imagine Duncan has a lot of large adult <laughs> sons. They all just look like him. They're all in various <laughs> stages of balding
1: and portly and bearded.
0: Uh, he just kind of smiles at that and then kind of looks a little bit away and he's like, you know, me and Jill hope one day to maybe have a son of our own. I mean, we're getting on a little bit in years, but um. You know, if the master will allow us, we, would you know, really like to bring a little beast cob into the world. From what he says, we're the we're the only two left. I bet we're we're quite a surprise to you, huh?
1: Oh yeah, total surprise. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're getting on, it might be time to maybe hand in your notices and make time for the for the wee sprog.
0: Uh, he just kind of pulls the face and he's like, well... Oh. From what the Master tells us about the outside world, is uh, you know, I think we're probably safer here. Does he now? Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. Hmm. But, um, hey, listen, I think he's, uh, I think I hear him, uh, pulling up outside now, so we're gonna, um, go and work on some dinner, alright?
1: Yes, of course.
0: Uh, Before he leaves the room, he looks back at you and he goes, um, and you're going to be traveling to, um, a a Trottlero, right? That's what, uh, my, that's, uh, what Jill said.
1: That's, that's the plan.
0: Okay. Um, whenever you get there, um, somebody that we heard about not so long ago, which, uh, I don't know if you'll ever come back here, but, oh, you know, we may even be able to try and give you the address, but, uh, Uh, if you can find somebody for us, that'd be fantastic.
1: Who might that be?
0: Well, the thing is, we haven't really got a name for him, but, um, I can can give you a picture if you want.
1: Alright, yeah, slip me the picture.
0: He kind of moves in quite close to you, almost like he's trying to block something. Roots around quite deeply inside his shirt, pulls something out, puts it in his fist, puts it in your fist, and then goes, Like I said, it won't be long till dinner, all right, so you, uh, uh, I guess just try and clean yourself up, okay? That's what we're gonna do. Right. Leaving you in the room with a crumpled bit of paper. Yeah, I uncrumple that paper. You see a picture of a small fat beast boy. ...that one of them has drawn in pencil.
1: I wonder who that could be.
0: Do you want to roll 2d6 on a sensation? I
1: think, <laughs> I mean, the character does, I don't need to roll 2d6!
0: No, I know, I know you don't, so,
1: um... Let's roll it though, let's... Okay. Oh, five. Dang. Uh... Oh, I have no idea who this is. Even though the whole scene was setting up that I knew something weird was going on.
0: I was going to say as well, you kind of already have figured out that they're King Brennan and Queen. Okay, here's what's going to happen then. Mm. You look at that bit of paper, and with the bits of information that you know, that is a picture of young Pratt Hemlock. So these two despite the fact that they seem completely oblivious to the fact that they are Brennan and Manon Hemlock, the previous king and queen of Trottolera, they have remembered something. There's something or in, in case, the
1: recesses of their minds.
0: Yes, there is someone in the recesses of their minds.
1: I do find it very interesting that they are named Hemlock and my character is immune to poison. That is very ironic. It's
0: very and interesting. You also t- You also called him, I think you were the person who named him him Hemlock. I did, yeah. So it all comes back around, I suppose, in a weird way. Mm. Um, You hear the sound of spurs shaking downstairs as you then hear, Oh, sir, we had to bring somebody in out of the rain, and, you know, I know that you're always a little bit... I know... (laughs) I know that you're always a little bit awkward with bringing new people in, but he seems like a lovely man, and... No, okay, no, I I understand, yes, no. Well, we'll have dinner with him, and, I mean, you are the master, sir, so, you know, whatever happens next happens next, okay? You hear that through the uh, floor, because uh, that bread and Hemlock, he is a loudman. Loudman Beastman. Loudman Beastman, but you didn't hear the guy that he was talking to. But the result of that five is, tensions have, ri- have risen.
1: Hmm. I think it's time for Duncan to uh, introduce himself. Like, Duncan wanders out of the room and he's going to try and wander downstairs.
0: Okay, you go over to open the door. It has been locked from the other side.
1: Oh, that ain't good.
0: (laughs) No, it's not. So, how would you like to... Well, what would you like to do with that information?
1: Hmm. Okay, so. Sitting and waiting would be the smart thing to do, but I mm. also don't think it would be the smart thing to do. It might be time okay. to just... Uh, do I get proactive or not? Because I already have a very bad vibe. Actually, yes, I definitely have a bad vibe. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, no, Duncan's going to make a move. Duncan has been right. serving this country. So, Duncan's family, the Brewer family... Trotlera Tipple has served this country for generations. King and Queen are here, and he's pretty sure that's them. I grab my mixing kit, and I'm going to root around for... Actually, I've got exotic potions. I'm going to... Of course you do. So... I know a... I know a certain thing. Hmm. In the, uh... In the far, far seas, there is an island chain filled with pirates. They are... They are golems of men. They are men made of steel, and the alcohol they drink is called rustig. <laughs> <laughs> it's extremely potent. It would kill a man. Not even Duncan would drink this stuff, but he learned how to mix it in case any automatons or such needed something to uh, quench their thirst. Absolutely. Maybe I can uh, make this, you know, this would call it an acidic little brew that has a certain oxidation effect on metals mm. very rapid I, I,
0: i'm going to say for your fantastic storytelling and the fact that i was on the complete same wavelength there will be no challenge on you making this tipple and burning through the lock the challenge will be in whatever you do next which i imagine will be sneaking
1: yes as duncan is going to duncan's going to ruin the lock on that door and of course He's basically he's thanking himself. I have no idea how you got your got your people on boats, but well, your drinks are just as impressive. As he like mixes this oh, thing together and just burns that lock out, and yeah, he is going to yeah. tr- he's going to try and um, sneak to the kitchen, as it were.
0: Okay, roll two d six and. I'm going to give you a minus one based on his physical description. yeah he is a he is a
1: large fat man who is uh usually likes to make his presence known as in life he's yeah. always been the man who likes being at the center of attention,
0: and you're not as large as the hemlocks, but when they were walking like you could hear them coming because the wood outside is very squeaky. I should have so. made him a midget <laughs> he should have made him a waif,
1: yeah, all right, let's do this.
0: Free. Free. <laughs> Two and
2: a one, baby.
0: <laughs> oh no. So Duncan, you put one foot onto the floor and it squeaks, and you're like, oh shit. And then you're like, oh fuck, well I'm out now, so squeak, 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 squeak. But you're trying gonna try and head to the kitchen, right? Yes. Um, you are on the um you manage to come away from this room and you realize that you're on a top floor landing. You can kind of see down the stairs there's a roaring fire that is capture uh, that is like catching the shadows of the people downstairs. You now hear the person that Hemlock was talking to and he goes I think the guy upstairs is um trying to get away. Uh Jack, can you go have a look at him just in case he gets himself in trouble? Oh, no, no, I'm not trying
1: to get away. I was just... That door could use a little oil. It just came to tell you.
0: Roll 2d6 plus... um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just roll straight 2d6 yeah. on this. Five. <laughs> Two and a three. You hear squeaking then as a guy comes into view... A very tall and very slender human man who the side um he's got blonde hair, his sides are almost shaven down to board, and he has kind of like a mop on top. Maybe about five years younger than you. Looks like a businessman. Not somebody who would probably be living out in the middle of nowhere like this, but quite a impressive house that he has, considering he has a roaring fire and two servants that used to be king and queen. I mean, that's quite impressive <laughs> for him, I suppose. As he looks upstairs and goes, Oh, you must be the person that Jack brought in earlier. Very well, sir. Well, you'll be glad to know that dinner is ready downstairs. And if I was you, I'd um, come down and eat some. I'd hate the idea of you being on an empty stomach. Right. Yeah, Uh, Duncan's just like walks down the stairs with
1: a bit of hesitation and he's trying to make small talk as he goes, you know, you've uh, kept a wonderful head of hair for someone who I'm thinking lives out in the woods based on where I crashed. Did I Mm. crash?
0: Couldn't say. Just came to here. I couldn't say either. All I know is is that Jack brought you in here, thought that it was worth you know, saving you, so hopefully that my little servant hasn't stepped out of line for the oh, I've stopped counting at this point, as he looks up at um, Brennan Hemlock who is just looks very kind of awkward, like he's looking away very, like quite shyly despite the fact that Brennan Hemlock is like a foot and a half taller than this guy he is like completely under his thumb
1: oh, I uh I haven't caught your name. I'm uh, I'm Duncan Brewer. Uh, you know, Trottolera Tip Tipple Breweries in the city of uh, Trottolera? Yeah, that's uh, it's my family business, that. Been ran for generations. Who might who might you be? It's uh, quite an impressive house you've got here.
0: He lights up a pipe and puts it in his mouth and then awkwardly puts a gloved hand out to shake yours and he says, My name is Jurgen Bradley. I'm an adventurer. Jurgen Bradley, Jurgen Bradley, yes. Have you heard of me? Have I heard of him? Hmm. Roll two d six plus intuition plus. You had newspapers earlier. Okay, yeah. Oh dear. Ah, uh, seven. Oh, Three okay. You remember reading in the newspaper that Jugen Bradley was the guy who worked with Roland Ward to expose that the hemlocks might not actually be the true rulers of Trottal Oh
1: yeah, you were involved in that whole, you know, king and queen business.
0: I've was been it? out of the country for a few years, but
1: I uh, caught up on that one.
0: Oh, you're an out-of-towner, are you?
1: No, I'm... I'm local, I've just been out of town for a couple of,
0: for a few years now. Oh, well yeah, I suppose maybe that is something that I got up to. I don't like blowing my own trumpet though. That's why I've got those two. Isn't that right, Jack? Oh yeah, it's you're a, you're a very impressive man, much more impressive than either me or Jill.
1: Right, you get other people to blow your horn. You know, some he people he- some people go out and pay for that. They don't get their servants to do it.
0: <laughs> Speaking from experience there, are you, sir? I'm a man of nightlife. <laughs> <laughs> How wonderful. You'll have to tell me all about it over dinner. Right. You are uh, brought into the room with him. He tells you to go in front of him. He is just, like, keeping his eyes on you throughout this entire thing. As you are brought, it's a, quite a lovely dinner room. Um, there is a, uh... Well, the fireplace is in the living room behind you. Don't know why I'm trying to think of the layout of this house. Uh, there are paintings around you. You can actually see a window now. And, yeah, it is pitch black outside, and the rain is hitting pretty hard. Uh... The table has been done out lovely though. There's uh, flowers in a pot and plates and bits of bread and stuff like that. Mounted on the wall though, is the gi- is like a giant deer's head, which considering these two people look a bit like deer makes the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, makes it even more awkward, so mm. Uh Brennan Jack Hemlock pulls the chair out for you. To sit down.
1: Yeah, I sit down.
0: Kind of awkwardly. And he kind of looks over to his uh, boss, Bradley, who goes, I think if we're going to have special guests tonight, let's get let's break out the special wine. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, yes, of course, sir. I'll, uh, I'll go get that now.
1: I'm getting this distinct feeling, Mr. Bradley, that you don't much trust me.
0: What? Because you're a complete stranger who's appeared in my house? Why would you. Why would you think that? Most people give each other
1: a certain level of trust from the off. It takes a distrustful sort to demand that a guest who has just happened upon your house be kept in view at all times and be
0: locked in a room.
1: Hmm.
0: Bad experience, I suppose.
1: And you let that bad experience define
0: you, do you? Shrugs his shoulders as he sits down and plays around with his pipe. It takes all sorts to make the world, sir. So, I don't see there's anything wrong with that.
1: I suppose, but perhaps being an adventurer has gotten to you. Perhaps it ain't cut out for someone who could be rendered so easily paranoid.
0: Hmm. He plays with the pipe, until suddenly you hear the sound of slamming and scratching on the floor below you. If anything I should be aware of? He takes the pipe out, blows some uh, smoke, and goes, I've brought the pigs in from the rain. They're still a little bit startled, though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, those two, uh, King, uh, Brennan and Queen Manon return with, what a, what a lovely spread that they've been able to make. There's salad, there's some kind of roast meat, there's, oh, all the trimmings, it's, it's, it's exactly the dinner that you would want after being, you know, in a car accident. But not with this guy, though, at the other end of the table, who just continually stares daggers at you while playing with his pipe. Uh, Jack kind of leans over and he goes, oh, 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 we're gonna be allowed at the table tonight, sir. I think considering we have special guests, I don't see why not. <laughs> oh, that's very kind of you. Yes, very kind of you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Master. As um they go and take the two chairs on the other side of the table and they sit in nice and tight.
1: So, uh Ooh.
0: Who got that deer then? He looks over his shoulder. Oh yeah, him boy there. Oh, king of the forest. Old oh, say. Hmm. Yeah. Covered by uh surrounded by does and um little fawns and uh Yeah, managed to get an arrow right through his heart. Didn't see it coming. Right. Uh, Jack is sweating as he's just kind of, like, looking back and forth between you. That's a, Fortunate. That's real adventurous. Oh. Absolutely. I, I like to consider myself a real animal man. That's why I ended up bringing these two in. Oh Looking over at Jack. We're oh, all oh, animals, sorry, aren't we? Looks over at Jack and goes, let's hope I never have to, um... Shoot you through the heart with an arrow, eh? (laughs) Oh, there'd be no reason for you to do that (laughs) to me, sir. Now, hang on, you don't treat your staff like that. Don't tell me how to talk to my staff, thank you.
1: I've been in service for years, and that's just... That doesn't do anything good for anybody, talking down to people like that.
0: Uh, oh, Brennan Hemlock's kind of looking over at you because, like, you're being, like, The more reasonable person here. And he said, and he, uh, this guy just kind of leans in and he goes, considering the fact that I saved these two from the side of the road, I clothe them, I feed them, I put a roof over their head. I have done more gratitude for them than they've ever had in their entire life. So that doesn't give you any
1: right to threaten them in such a way. Does it not? No, absolutely not. Sure, you did him one good turn, but you have turned that right into s- what is basically slavery. You're abusing them. You don't do a good turn just so you could break people down.
0: That wine of yours is sitting. You might want to drink up, sir.
1: Yeah, I, I imagine right now <laughs> Duncan and him have <laughs> just locked eyes, and yeah, I think, yeah, Duncan... Oh, this is stupid, but yeah, Duncan is going to pick it up, and he is going to drink it while not taking his eyes off of Jürgen.
0: Roll 2d6, plus history, plus iron gut. Uh, plus 2. Fuck, I hope it works.
1: I hope, I hope, I hope Five this is. 5 a 4, baby, and 9, so an 11.
0: Yeah, baby. Uh, and I'll tell you what, on an 11, I'll give you this much detail. Um, there is something funny in the wine, but... It is not affecting you.
1: Oh, I've drank. As, s- yeah. Oh, Jill yeah. and
0: Jack are kind of looking at you like really worried because they're like terrified about what their master is going to do.
1: Yeah. Uh, he drinks that, puts it down, and there's kind of a there's a pregnant pause before before Duncan looks at Jürgen and says, he he does the thing where he kind of swirls it and says, "Well, a lifetime in drinks has taught me a few things." One, I've drank better swill that a pig has served me. Maybe your ones downstairs could bring something up better. And two, that's not going to work, Sonny Jim.
0: Uh, Brennan looks over at Jack. Jack looks over back at you and he goes, What's not going to work? You know too damn well. He puffs on his pipe a little bit and he goes, Jack, have you been giving notes to guests again? Uh, that big beast man is starting to sweat as he's just, he's like, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about, sir. There's, uh, I mean, there's no pens or pencils in the house. I wouldn't even know where, where to get such a thing. Don't lie to me.
1: He's not lying Cause... to you. I reach in my pocket and I pull, out, I pull out the paper and I push it across the table. So you throw the newspaper
0: over, and uh, which newspaper is it? It's the one with uh, Brennan and Manon. He shakes that out and looks at it and he goes, oh yeah, the old king and queen of Trottle Era. <laughs> Wonder whatever happened to them, huh?
1: You know, one of these two said that you took him in because beast men are... Not well treated outside of these parts. Hunted and killed or something. But begs the question of me, Jurgen. In what world is that true when they're the king and queen of Trottolera, the country in which we're currently residing?
0: Roll 2d6, and I'll give you one for this. And it's not to convince him, but it's to try and get through to the other two. Mm. Seven. Six and a one. Jack looks at Jill, who, like, Jill is kind of, like, touching around her nose again, because she kind of feels like she's going to have another nosebleed. And he kind of looks over at his master and goes, you know, sir, it It does raise a lot of questions. I know that you said that they, you know, they shot the king and queen because they were beastmen and drove all the other ones out, but you know, that that paper couldn't have been from two (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) A gun. <laughs> Are you okay? Uh, ch uh, oh, uh, Bradley puts his hand down and he goes, Yeah, he's absolutely fine. Been working too hard, haven't you, Jack? Really need to take you to the doctors at some point, don't we? Don't you do, master, but, uh, I know if I, if I keep stepping out of line, there's, uh, not gonna be much reason to do so, huh? No, not really. So, that's the story, isn't it, Jack? The King and Queen of Trottelera were shot, burnt, cut to pieces. And you two are the only ones left. And that's the end of that. Isn't that right, mate? Looking at you. Uh, looking at Brett, uh, Duncan at the end of the table.
1: Is that right now?
0: Isn't that Right. What's your game, Bradley?
1: You haven't said a it.
0: straight word to me all evening. I'm just here, out, away from Trottle Era, where I can play by my own rules, in my own house, with my own people, have a lovely meal, with a lovely drink of wine, and hopefully have a bit of peace and quiet. But you have come in and disrupted that sir. I should ask you to leave, but well, that would be murder in this weather, so I'm not really sure what to do. You just try, you just try to feed
1: me something that would have done God knows what, and you're talking about murder outside.
0: <laughs> he's just playing with his pipe he's like I have no idea what you're even talking about you call yourself a brewer but maybe that's just your surname
1: oh you're playing with sly little insults aren't you you tiny little bugger
0: (laughs) he looks over at Jill and he goes don't worry about getting dessert I'm gonna go sort that out right now you and Jack stay right here Make sure that our guest doesn't go anywhere, okay?
1: I'll tell you this much, Jorgen. You can play king in your own little castle all you want, but the storm is going to clear, and then the storm's going to come for you.
0: (laughs) As he goes to the door, he looks back and he goes, We'll see about that, mate. We'll see about that. As he shuts the door. As he does so, Jill goes over to help up uh, Jack, who he's coughed a bit of blood into a napkin. He's not looking too well, really, after that little coughing fit that he had. And he go, and she goes, I mean, we should, we can't keep drawing pictures and stuff like that. We're going to get in trouble doing that, all right? I know, but yeah. I just really want to know who this guy is, all right? I want to know what. I just want to know what's going on. This ain't right. <laughs> this ain't right this is weird, this, this, this is, is odd
1: listen you two I I can't say I've been in this country for a few years now but I don't think things would not have gone so drastic that they'd kill a king and queen I'm pre- and he thinks to himself I'm pretty sure you two are the king and queen
0: yeah <laughs> no exactly like you are looking at that newspaper and it is like Yeah, they are wearing, like, peasants' clothes, and they're a bit, like, you know, dirty from a day's work, but that is the king and queen.
1: I think this man is doing you, doing you two wrong. He's got something wrapped up over your minds, and I think you two should, I think you two need to get out of here. I think the sooner you leave, the better. I think we're all in danger, and I'm I'm sorry to say that I've brought that danger to you right now, but <laughs> <laughs> that man ain't oh. That man ain't right. That man ain't right. That snivelling I didn't like that sniveling little adventurer when
0: I first laid eyes on him. You know what? I like this. So Jack kind of looks at you and he's just kind of he's a bit teary-eyed from his little coughing fit and he's like, But we don't even know what to do, we're just Simple farmers, sir, Uh, you know, he, the the master, he protects us, he puts food in our bellies, he gives us meaning in our lives, we can't turn against him. Meaning ain't something. Meaning is
1: not something you get from others, it's something you decide for yourself.
0: He kind of looks to Jill then, he looks at you and goes, Well, okay, what would you have us do?
1: I'd have us all get out of here, as soon as possible. We wait out this- we wait out this rainstorm and then we go. And if it, if what he says is somehow true, and somehow this country has turned so rotten they're- they're hurting beast folk, I'll drag you two back out. My own two hands. I- my family has served this country for years, it would not have done something so rotten.
0: And with that, then, those two kind of, like, look at each other and nod and then just kind of look it back at you and it's like, Okay, but we're going to have to work pretty quickly, okay? Because Master, he could be back at... And... and that door that he walked through is kicked open. As they all three of them look over to him, and he's still got his pipe in his mouth. But in his hand is an old-fashioned revolver. I say old fashioned but I guess in this <laughs> medieval world of questing show actually it's actually top. it's incredibly it's very new fashion my god single yeah. action yeah absolutely he is playing with you don't even know what it it looks like some kind of space laser this big silver thing with a six chambered design and fit playing around with that on his finger uh Jill kind of looks over and he's like master what what do you think what do you think you're Oh, nothing at all, Jill. Nothing at all, Jack. I just thought perhaps before dessert, we should have a little bit of fun. Play a little game. A game of hunting. As he points the revolver (laughs) at Duncan. Duncan hits the deck as he yells, Hit the deck! Hit the deck! Roll 2d6 to hit that deck.
1: Seven. (laughs) Four and three.
0: Oh, boy! Okay, Duncan, you do hit the deck then, and a bullet kind of flies overhead and uh, sticks into the wall behind you. Um, Deciding to do the same, Jack and Jill also, like, well, Jill hits the deck, Jack is kind of pushing back, and he's starting to have a little coughing fit again as Bradley points that gun at him and says... Like I said, Jack, you shouldn't be bringing people in here. You shouldn't be giving them notes, telling them lies. Considering all the things that I've done for you in jail over all these years, and you went and broke my heart. People like you.
1: Oh, while he's going on, was there any of that wine left over that he tried to get me
0: to drink? Uh, There is in your glass, and there's also a whole bottle of it on the table. I uh, I grab, I grab those. One in each hand. Okay, so he is distracted as he talks, as he is spieling to Jack then, and he's like, people like you shouldn't be in this world, Jack. Liars, deceitful people. Why? I should just wipe you off the map right now and do us all a favour. As he points the revolver. At King Brennan Hemlock.
1: While that's going on, uh, Duncan is squirming under the table to get to okay. like on his knees, trying to get under the table.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, we, he's doing like a obstacle course <laughs> kind of thing under there. Okay, I like
1: that big guy. And he has got you know the wine, the wine bottle, and the wine glass, and he's going to try and basically get out at the other end and make, force make this guy drink the poisoned wine that he had tried to. Voiced on him that he had handled with
0: his iron gut. 2d6, I would give you plus one because I like the plan, but I'm going to give you a minus one because you were physically unfit. Yeah. (laughs) So,
1: five and
0: a four, a nine. Oh, boy! Uh, As he is spieling to Jack and he moves the chamber around and pulls the hammer back, he then hears the squeak of you now by his feet. (laughs) As I just, I
1: clamber to my feet and say, quit your whining. Have some wine.
0: Nice. Roll 2d6. Five and a three and eight. Back to eight. Oh. Oh, boy. So you want to try and, like, force feed him the wine.
1: Yes. Make him drink the, uh, the roofied wine.
0: Okay. You basically jump into him, causing him to hit... Into the floor, and, like, you're trying to put, like, the wine bottle to his lips. His gun does go off, though, and unfortunately flanks Brennan in the shoulder. Uh, Jill, like, screams at this, and, like, goes over to try and, like, help him up and, like, tend to his wound.
1: Uh Uh-oh.
0: Look, what? This guy, the wine, like, in his throat, he did swallow a bit, but then he's, like, Like, spits it out like a dolphin in your face, and he's like, Look what you've done! You've just gone and shot this poor beastman!
1: Don't you try and move responsibility for out of me!
0: <laughs>
1: you sniveling Jilly. little worm! I bet you've done this all your life!
0: Uh, this guy is trying to, like, fight back, though. Like, he sees the wine glass in your hand and, like... Rather than forcing you to drink that, he's just going to try and like smash that into your face. So what do you like to do? Headbutt him. <laughs> headbutt, yeah, baby. I'm a big Two guy. Big guy. Oh, I'll give you a plus one then because you got a big bald head for headbutting. Fuck,
1: well, that did some spins. <laughs> Seven. Oh boy.
0: Ah, oh, so an eight then. Okay. You, I will. Okay, I'll say this then. You do headbutt him, but he also does smash the wine glass against your head. So. Roll 2d6 to see, like, how bad this is.
1: 5 and a 3 and 8. My goodness, that's happening a lot.
0: Wowie. Okay, glasses lodged into the side of your head, and you take one harm, but, like, you're you're a little bit dizzy, and you are bleeding, but, like, you're still in the fight, essentially.
1: Help me out over here.
0: Yeah, Duncan just,
1: like... Stumbles back a bit, but then just like basically tries to charge the guy again and just like restrain him, like restrain his arm so he can't shoot anymore.
0: Okay, roll two d six plus one to try and command the. Oh no, you're in the service industry. So roll plus two to (laughs) command. (laughs) They're serving uh... serving me. They're serving you.
1: Oh dear. That is a. Even with a plus two, that's a four. One and a one.
0: Snake eyes! Oh, snake eyes! Oh no! Um, King Brennan is like bleeding out pretty badly. Like Jill's just on top of him, just like trying to like pull the bullet out and tend to his wound, and she's just like hysterical. She doesn't know what to do. So no help from them, and because you got snake eyes, um, oh, this bad guy has flips you over onto your because like you kind of tackled him from the front, yeah, yeah. Just full body charge. He's flipped you over onto your back and in one hand he has the gun and in the other hand he has the bottle of wine and he just looks at you and he goes I can either kill you with a bullet or kill your character, mate. Your choice.
1: Kill my character?
0: Shaking the bottle of wine in his hand. What? You don't think those two forgot who they were without a little bit of liquid persuasion, do you? Oh, you're a
1: rotten one. Drinks shouldn't be used to destroy people; they should be used to prop <laughs>
0: them up. Hold on, I'm going to pipe in music because I want you to give like a really like rousing speech about about being a barman. <laughs> and like you know, out people think that alcohol is meant to ruin lives, but it doesn't. It it makes artists greater. <laughs> it helps creatives be more creative.
1: Only the weakest man thinks that the the answers you find at the bottom of a glass are the worst ones. People have found inspiration and courage at the bottom of their drinks for so long. For you to taint alcohol in such a salacious and disgusting way. Nothing taints my soul worse than rotten little cretins like you who would abuse such a fine and noble art. Drinkers brought man together for centuries, but people like you would use it to tear them asunder, to destroy who they are as men and women. I swear on this, you can feed me that drink, but the only character being destroyed tonight is you, you snivelling little worm.
0: Did it. Did it. Uh, roll two, d6.
1: Five?
0: If only. If only. Uh, he punctuates that speech then by, like, sticking that wine bottle in your mouth like a baby's bottle. So you're going to have to roll another 2d6, plus Iron Gut to resist. Four. <laughs> oh my god! Uh the luck of Task Rivliero has fled. Damn. Um, you're, like, trying to fight back against him... David, Daniel, Duncan, Duncan, you're trying to like Duncan fight back against. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're trying to like fight back against this guy who you know he's on top of you and uh, like I don't know what what are you trying to do? I'm
1: trying to resist. I'm just trying to stay hold on to consciousness and push this bottle away and. On um, basically this guy's a an adventurer, he's a skilled fighter. Duncan is just a, a fat middle-aged guy who's well traveled.
0: That's I suppose that's true. Alright, roll two D six plus Uh I mean I'm trying to remember. Do you have you have something that could help with this, right?
1: Um, I mean sure. iron I have iron gut, intuition, oh, service, iron... <laughs> exotic potions and a mixing kit.
0: Oh yeah! Oh, I was about to say, maybe you brought some of your um, exotic stuff down with you, because you always have that in your loadout. Okay, roll... I totally forgot about Iron Gut, so roll Iron Gut. Six, three and a three, so a seven. You're adding Iron Gut. Oh, okay. Okay, So, you do manage to, like, your gag reflex, like... uh, Well, actually, no, gag reflex is, like, for continuously drinking, not for, like, stopping drinking, is it? Well, I mean, gag reflex is, uh... The reflex to make you gag. Okay, that does finally kick in then as, like, <laughs> you're just, like, sp- spitting wine, like, over his arm to, like, just stop him from doing so. Eventually, though, you do see, like, a figure in the doorway, and it is that big old King Brennan Hemlock who's just looks very, like... I don't like he just kind of looks very out of it as like his shoulder has been patched up, but he is still look like he's lost a lot of blood and he's just like Master please I'm sorry that I brought him in. I'm sorry that I I'm sorry that I hurt you like this, but please I really need to go to the hospital. This I I'm in a lot of pain. Which has brought you a distraction if you want it, Daniel. Sorry, Duncan.
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to use an exotic potion in a weird way, which is... I'm going (laughs) to basically grab, like, pull one out of my pocket and smash the vial against his head.
0: Oh, awesome. Roll 2d6 plus uh, exotic potions. And the fun thing is is that you have lost a tiny bit of your memory, so you're not sure what exotic potion it is. Nice. Seven. Five and a two. Hmm, seven. Five and a two, then. Uh... I'll tell you what. Then this fight, this actually now finally gets uh, Jonathan, sorry Jürgen, off of you. As the potion that you smashed against his face was for uh, balding men for to help their hair grow back, but um, sprayed on the side of his head and like over his face, it just kind of makes like half of his face look like the Wolfman as he is just screeching from glass being embedded through his skin. Finally, giving you a chance to get back onto your feet, which. He's on the floor, uh, Brennan Hemlock is in the door doorframe, uh, looking a bit woozy, so what would you like to do? I uh, scramble for that revolver. Oh, cool,
1: 2D6. Oh god, one of them fell off the table, that is a three, <laughs> and that is a one.
0: <laughs> oh no! He... Manages to swing that revolver around and points it at you. Roll another 2d6. Oh god. <laughs> oh no. This is just going
1: so horrible. Three and a
0: one. Oh no! What the heck? You are shot through the gut, and you take t- you take two harm from that, because that is really serious <laughs> harm uh, which means that now I'm all, like, physical wrongs so you will take an extra minus one yeah as, um, as uh, old Jack kind of comes through the door and he's like, oh, no sir, no, 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 no as, like, he is kind of, like, wandering over, and he's gonna try and, like, pull the gun out of Jürgen's hand as well uh, which gives you, like, a brief moment to, like, look at your wound, and, like, look at what's happening in the room, and, I don't know, what do, what do you want to do? <laughs> um...
1: Oh god, I'm trying to think. Don't forget, you
0: always have your loadout.
1: I do always have my loadout, which is a mixing kit and more exotic potions, but yeah, I guess I'm gonna reach for my exotic potions to look for something to heal the wound, cauterize the wound a bit.
0: Okay, 2d6 plus 1, then.
1: Okay. So, 2d6 flat right now. Okay. 5 and a 4, a 9. Have I might not roll above 10 at all.
0: Okay, you do manage to find a minor healing potion then. You knock it back. The bullet that was in your iron gut spits out. And you have recovered one harm. You're still on minus one rolls, but you're back to two harm yeah. instead of three harm now. And he's wrestling with
1: Duncan, too. He's Duncan. He's mm-hmm. wrestling with Jürgen for the gun. Yes. Mm, I'm trying to think what to do, and you know what? He, um, Duncan basically he looks at the table. Does the table have uh, a table spreader uh, or um, something on the table? Uh, cloth, a table
0: there's cloth for table? This food. Yeah, there's there. Yeah, there's like food on the table. There's a vase full of flowers on the table. There's cutlery on the table and um, food on the table.
1: Well, I mean, is there a tablecloth? Oh yes. Yeah, um Duncan's gonna like grab that, whip it off, and he's basically gonna try and like not use it as like to tie the guy down, but kind of use it to like basically wrap it around the guy's face and blind him.
0: Okay, roll 2d6 flat. Okay. Five.
1: (laughs) Not my day. Not Duncan is not cut
0: out for this world. You do pull the cloth off the table, but, like, you were hoping to... Because this is, like, a magic trick that you learn, which is, like, you used to do the Steve Patrons, like, check this out, where you pull the cloth off, and, like, all the food would still be on top. Oh, no, you pull it off, and, like, you bring everything on the table off the table, and it all smashes against the floor. Uh Uh-oh. The smashing causing another bullet shot to go off. Roll 2d6.
1: Ten. wolf. I guess a nine. Phew!
0: But, oh, good. Oh, boy. The bullet flies through the roof and doesn't hit anything. Okay. But you have that messy cloth now.
1: Yeah, and I'm gonna, like, basically just wrap it around Jürgen's face. Like, just run over and just, like, blind him with it while he's wrestling with while he's wrestling with the king. While he's
0: wrestling with Jack. Okay. 2d6 minus one.
1: Eight, so a seven.
0: Oh, boy, okay. You do manage to get that around his face then, and, like, he finally drops the gun, which the king is able to, like, pull out of his hand and into his own hand. Um, you are trying to, like, smother him out like a fire, but he goes for a nut shot from 2 6 <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy.
1: Oh, oh
0: god, no. can't help
1: with the nuts. Uh, Six and a two. Actually... Another eight, so a seven. Oh,
0: okay. Alright. You manage to resist the nuts shot then. You just kind of go cross-eyed like a comedy movie oh, from god. the nuts shot. But you um, let go of him. And like he kind of rolls out of the way as... He's just going to try and escape the situation at this point.
1: Yeah, as Duncan just sees that and goes, Don't chase him! We just gotta get out of here!
0: Okay, alright, yeah. The the king kind of nods up and down as he goes to, like, sit down because he is, like, still very woozy from losing a lot of blood.
1: Um, yeah. I grab- I I rip a part of the tablecloth and I'm gonna try and wrap that around his- wrap that around his shoulder.
0: Well... 2d6, and we'll add plus one for wisdom, and another plus one for exotic potions.
1: Okay. So, plus one overall. Ooh.
0: Not great. <laughs> it's one and a two. A free Ah, oh, no. You're just, like, you're trying to, like, wrap it up and you're dabbing it, but he's just kind of looking at you and he's like, oh, I don't think there's much more I can do for a moment. I, I just want to go to sleep,
1: okay? No, 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 you don't go. You do not go to sleep. You stay... You gotta stay with us right now.
0: Okay. Alright, I'll just do some breathing by here then and try and stay awake. Jill, are you okay in there? I'm alright, I I haven't gone anywhere. Um the queen manages to like pull herself in and she just goes over and she's like just cuddling against him as she looks at you and she's like, Where's he gone? Where's the master gone? is not
1: that man isn't your master, he's a rat. Okay, but okay. Where's that rat gone? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I do you, don't know. We're getting out of here. You know where the ex, You know, it doesn't matter where he is. What matters is where's the exit.
0: Well, there's the front door, but it's all locked up. He's—he's he's the only person who's got the keys. And then, and then she kind of thinks and goes, and there is the basement, but oh, I don't know. I, it might be a bit of a tight squeeze.
1: A tight squeeze is better than nothing.
0: Okay, so you're gonna you're gonna try the basement then rather than the front door. Yeah. And you're gonna try and bring these two. I'm gonna I'm
1: gonna carry uh I'm gonna carry Jack, quote unquote, right. on my on my shoulder.
0: And okay. I'm gonna
1: try and whip something up
0: quickly with my mixing kit. Oh, do so. Alright, roll two d6 plus uh actually, so what are you whipping up? So I'm whipping up a drink
1: called a cursed sailor.
0: So, this nice.
1: is a drink drank by the Pirates of Peelwater. It's a black tea punch that's made with, you know, it's made with just kind of whatever is had to hand, but um, generally it's a drink that is ceremonially drank when one of the pirates is hunted down by the authorities. It's The drink is incredibly bitter, and it's considered a bitter reminder of one's enemies, said to give men a focused anger. Nice.
0: Ah! Uh- i would say you what, then, you can have that because you said such a nice story about it. But what's the, in- so what, it, what is it, what does it in- do? Like, what's the intent?
1: Well, as said, it gives people a focused anger, which I'm hoping will perk and keep, the- keep Jack basically alert and awake.
0: Okay, you pour that then down Jack's mouth and you're, like, trying to, like, massage his throat and he's like, you know, come on, big guy, drink up, you need this sort of thing. And he just kind of like looks a little bit cross-eyed for a little bit until like suddenly like his body is almost like vibrating as he like charges up and just lets out like a mighty growl. Like making mashing his hands into fists and he's like Oh, that was just the just the thing I needed to get out of here. Alright, let's do it.
1: Right, yeah, come on. We're getting out of here. All three of
0: us. Come on, Jill!
1: I'M GONNA GET OUT OF HERE!
0: So, you three head over to the basement then. You have no idea where Jürgen has got to. Uh, You check the basement, and there is a lock on the door. However, as as we know that you have a tipple that can burn through locks, that is what you do on that lock, thus letting yourself down. The thing is completely pitch black, though, but you do hear, like, whistling wind, like there is uh, rain, like, blasting outside, so there is a way out of here. But you're going to need to do a little bit of fumbling in the dark. Not to be
1: initially. racist, but you beast folk have good night vision, right?
0: Geo just kind of looks at Jack and looks at you and she goes, uh... I suppose so,
1: yes. Well, you're gonna have to be my eyes a little bit down here, but here's my thought. He must have come in on a cart, right? He says the- he says it's murderous outside, I can operate a cart. We'll just- we'll just nick his and get out of here.
0: I suppose so, he he would never let us touch his cart, but... I suppose we are breaking bad right now, so... I guess that's kind of out the window, huh? <laughs>
1: He just shot your husband. I don't think you should still be calling him master or anything. You show that man no deference.
0: Well, he's more my partner than my husband. We haven't. It isn't official, unfortunately. She shows her hands where uh, all of Queen Manon's bling has uh, disappeared in the time <laughs> since she's gone missing. I wonder where that went. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, but she she nods her head and she goes in front and like she puts like a hand behind her so like you can grab her hand and Jack can grab yours and like kind of walk through it. Roll two d six and we won't add a minus one to this. This will just be a nice flat one. A nine, six and a five. Okay, you are brought through the dark. Then and she is kind of looking around. She's like, oh, Oh, there seems to be oh stuff on the floor. Oh, watch your step, okay. Um, you look down, and what you see is pieces of the royal cart that have been broken down into firewood.
1: What the hell? Oh,
0: Oh. royalty must come through here at some point, I suppose, but uh, I'm not sure why he's breaking it down. Um, and then you, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. no, you go on. And then that noise that you heard earlier of the pigs like smashing the roof. You hear that again. You realize down here though there are no pigs. What are they? Roll 2d6 plus
1: intuition. 4
0: 5. Uh, it's a 4 again. You just hear a monstrous like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, smashing on the iron, which sounds like somebody has been gagged. And the result of the four is that has caught the attention of the person upstairs.
1: You know what? I've got a terribly risky idea. Okay, what is it? Well, I need you two to keep going. Keep heading for the exit. Keep trying to get to that cart. And, listen. I kind of like, I grab
0: Jill. I grab Jill by the uh, thing. Is there some light
1: at the moment?
0: N- the only light is, you can see it from outside, but there is no light in this room.
1: I need you. Yet. I need you to understand something.
2: Okay.
0: You are Queen Manon. She just looks at you completely bemused, but like... Okay. Jill does oh. not exist. No I'm
1: Jill. No you're not. You're Queen Manon. That man has stolen that idea from
0: you. She just looks completely puzzled like uh okay if you say that I'm uh Queen Manon, then I guess I'll be Queen Manon then okay.
1: You're quite suggestible.
0: <laughs> she, she just gives like a, eh. <laughs> she just kind of tilts her head like, eh, It comes with ceratops. Being a I call that guy Master. What? Yeah. Oh. Dear. Um. But she kind of look. She looks over at Jack, but Jack's just kind of like bouncing on his feet, and he's like, No, no. If if you're gonna stop him, I want to stop him too. I'm I'm full of vinegar, all right.
1: You'll stop him by getting out of here and going to the right people.
0: <sighs> Uh, okay, all right, Joe. we're, we're going to get out of here then, all right? Oh, don't call me Jill, call me uh, Queen Manon, that's what he told me. Okay, Queen Manon, we're breaking out of here then. And he lifts her up in a fireman's pose and looks back at you and he goes, You sure you're not going to need any help?
1: I'll catch up with you in a moment.
0: Okay. Uh, as both of them then try and climb out that tiny hole out of the uh, basement which leaves you in the basement on your own while there is squeaking upstairs and the sound of a gagged person screaming downstairs. I'm going to go towards the gag, the gagging man, the gagged person. The gagged man. Yeah. Um. You head over then to the gagged, where the sound of the gag screaming is coming from, and you do see that there is on the... Uh, as you get closer, you put your hands out to feel. There are there are bars in front of you, but next to the bars is a lantern. I'm gonna light the lantern. You do so, and in there is a gagged and his arms are bound dwarf.
1: Oh, my word! I'm gonna get you out of there. Just give me a moment.
0: Okay, th- this guy's like nodding up and down and like bouncing. Um, you do have stuff to burn locks, but these bars are a little bit tougher than that, so you can either try and make something a bit tougher, or look for something else. It is your call.
1: Hmm, well, the man had the keys on him, and I was thinking of basically rusting the rusting the
0: bars and then trying to pry them. I'll tell you what, then. Roll 2d6, and I'll give you a plus 2 on exotic potions, because essentially you're going to try and make, like, a heartier version of the one that you already Concentrate, have. Concentrate, yeah. Concentrated. Plus two is a, it's a seven. Oh, alrighty. Okay, you do manage to burn through the bars then. And... Uh, well, you manage to burn through the lock, and the door does now come loose. And this guy just is, like, hopping like onto you, so you can, like, pull his gag off. Yeah, I pull his gag... Bloody hell, thank God I have been down here for weeks. Trying to get out of here. That man upstairs is bloody mental.
1: You won't believe that he's got more hostages. We need to get out of here. Let
0: yeah, me he undo jo-
1: your hands right quick.
0: Uh, before you try to undo his hands, you hear a bullet fly overhead. You're not going anywhere, mate. You stay right there.
1: I put, yeah... Duncan puts his hands up. What are you doing all this for, Jürgen? I've heard about you. You're a respected adventurer. You don't need to do things like this.
0: What are you bloody talking about? He's not J- Jer- He's not Jürgen Bradley. I'm Jürgen Bradley. What? He bloody kidnapped me. I was going over after I had been told by Roland Ward that apparently I might have been the actual King of Trot eh? And then, I fell off a hill, this guy bloody kidnaps me, tries poisoning me, course, I managed to drink all the way through it, and then he bloody, kid- he bloody puts me in a cage for weeks.
1: That explains it.
0: <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> As the guy comes down says, and takes the set back and forth, and he's like, no, 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 you're not Joking, Bradley. J- I am Juergen Bradley. No, I'm actually Juergen Bradley, though. No, you're not. Oh. But I but I actually am... He's looking at you. I, I actually am Jagen Bradley, though. I don't know who the out this guy is. He's fucking nuts.
1: Don't know why you're trying to convince me of anything. You shot me in the stomach earlier on. Your word is worth piss to me. <laughs> you're
0: worth piss to me. <laughs> uh, he's just playing with that revolver then. And he's like, well... Now that I've had a look through your things and I know who you are, I think once I've disposed of you, I'm going to have a pretty nice life over in Trottler as Duncan Bradley. So, uh, how about we just make this quick then, mate?
1: How about, yeah, the quicker I get out of your way, the better.
0: Did it? Did it? What would you like to do?
1: So I'm going to guess he's going to try and, like, raise the gun to
0: me. Yeah, he's gonna like pull. He's gonna try and quick draw you, so, even though you haven't got anything to like to fire with. I am going to try and like <laughs> nothing to
1: my advantage. I'm gonna try and like spin around and throw an exotic potion in his face. <laughs> throw oh, awesome. and in this case, it is the one I just used to
0: burn these bars with. Oh, awesome! Roll two d six flat. I was going to give you a plus one for exotic but a minus one because this is a physical action. Yeah, and I'm a big guy.
1: Ah, don't fall.
0: And also you'll hurt.
1: And also, also I got fucking snake eyes.
0: Oh no! Snake eyes, baby! I'll tell you what you get on snake eyes then. You do throw that corrosive acid at him and it does hit him and he just starts screaming as his skin sizzles like bacon. But he does, unfortunately, get a shot off as a result. Roll 2d6. Oh boy, a nine. Oh Three boy, and a, a nine. Here's what happens then on a nine. Bradley looks at you and he goes, Get down, mate! He pushes you out of the way and he takes the bullet instead. But because he is a dwarf and quite hearty, um, it just nicks him in the arm. He's like, Oh, yeah, that it. Shit! Then he looks over and he sees there. Oh <laughs> This is a bloody picture, mate. As you look over and it's like exposed muscle and bone, oh. like of this guy's face underneath. as he's like wiping away from the gun. And he's like, oh, it's gonna be pretty hard to pretend to be other people now. So you top my face, I'm gonna take your bloody life. Let's get him. <laughs> <laughs> did it. <laughs> did it. Just, just did it. Once again, just charge the guy. <laughs> okay, uh 2d6 and I'll give you a plus 1 on this because uh, uh Bradley's going to help yeah, you. Yeah, I'm
1: ha- teaming up with an adventurer. Yeah. a uh, 3 and a 6, a
0: 9. Oh, all right, that's a 9 and it's Oh, it's a 10 because you got a plus well, one. Well,
1: I've got a minus 1 because of the so because of the injury. No,
0: so Oh, no, no, no. Don't worry about that. Okay. This is a nice solid plus 1. You got a nice big ten on this one, baby. Okay. Um, for some reason, it turns into the end of, like, a WWE film, because this guy's just, like... We both give him the people's elbow. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, like... This dwarf just, like, leaps through the air and just, like, tackles him to the floor, just elbowing him, like, constantly. I guess you're just, like, getting a couple of kicks in and stuff like that, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, I will say this, then. The gun flies out of his hand as a result and that is just now taken out of the equation from um from this fight but he has still got a little bit of like he has still got a bit of fight left in him he's he puts his hand out he puts his hands out to grab around your throat and he's gonna try and choke you out so what would you like to do
1: punch him in the face just like grab his wrist up and then just deck him in the face <laughs> barbara style uh-
0: Ooh. Oh yeah, and you are a Republican, so yeah. I will say this is a flat, this will be a flat 2d6 then.
1: I'm gonna say the line before I roll this so it'll be worse, which is just, sorry mate, you're a bard. Nice. Three and a four or seven.
0: Hey, alright! Last orders, ding ding ding. You, he tries to like put his hands out to like grab around your throat, you bite into his fingers so he lets go and then you say, "What?" Well, you say you're barred, bard, and you just like, punch him in the face, causing some of his uh, acidic bones to, like, break under your hand, oh, bitch, no. <laughs> oh. yeah. His eye pops out a little bit from that as well, and he is now breathing funny, but he hasn't got, like, any fight left in him. Bradley's just kind of looking at you, and he's like, oh, oh he's probably gonna die if we keep fighting him, so, uh, uh what do you want to do, miss? A man like that,
1: I mean, he I think he kidnapped the king and queen. I think we should uh, bring him... Well, I think we should bring him to or we should. I mean, he kidnapped, right. he kidnapped
0: a... you. Uh, that he did. <laughs> Not well, One the first time, though. Not him, as in. I mean, I, you know what? I can tell you about that on the way, but don't worry about it. Um, the dwarf goes to find something to bind this guy up then, as, yeah, he. this guy just has nothing left in him. He's Donzo.
1: Yeah, I think Duncan is just like leaning against the wall, just like catching his breath, and just says, says to the dwarf, <laughs> says to the real Yogan Bradley, I'm "Gonna say this. I've had some rough nights out on the lash.
0: This one's been the worst. Funnily enough, this one hasn't been the worst for me, but it's definitely a top ten, top fifteen,
1: maybe. Your adventure and types are a weird lot, I. See. But well, yeah, but." You're good customers when you roll into town and don't trash the
0: joint. Uh, he is pulling. Um, he's not two face. I guess he's like no face <laughs> at this point. Through the mud, like one handed, as you both try and move towards where, like out, you're trying to like move for the rain outside to like wherever this car could be. Yeah, and he's just talking to you, and he's just making small talk. And he's like, "Ah, so you're a brewer then? Ah, you're in the uh, beer industry." So. I suppose for, uh, what, breaking, uh, you know, helping you out with, uh, North Face, yeah, is, uh, you know, free tab on that?
1: We can work something out. I actually, I run Trottle Tipple. All right. Yeah, they're not bad. They're not bad. They're the best.
0: Eh. Don't you air me. I saved you. No, that's very true. And I'm willing to give you... Uh, I'm willing to give you feedback to make it even better. Anyways, uh, and he looks over and he does see that there is a cart. And yeah, there is a cart. Mm. There is a cart. There is a cart. Thank God there is a cart. Thank God. Uh, what do you do with the cart? Um, are they Are they in there? Are Jack and Jill in the cart? You head into the cart then and Jill just lights up and she's like... Oh, we heard the scuffle, but we did not. Oh, it's just so good to see you alive! As she, like, leans in and hugs around you. Uh, you look over at Jack, he's, like, sleeping in the car. Is he... Is he... Is he okay? Oh, he had a bit of a coughing fit and just said that he needed to grab a few minutes, but his his wound seems to have held, held over and his... The blood has seemed to have stopped, so I think... I think he will hold out for a little bit longer. Oi, Jurgen, real
1: Jurgen. Yeah? Could you keep an eye on, you keep an eye
0: on Jack over there. I'm gonna drive us. Yeah, sure thing, mate. Hold on, I'm gonna need both hands for this, though. Uh, he let's go over uh, No Face for a second as he gets in, and he, oh, that's a bloody nasty wound that you got in there. Is uh, what the hell- is No Face tied up.
1: Yes. Good. Okay.
0: But roll two D6. Oh no. <laughs> Good sound to hear. Oh boy. Double sixes. Oh, boxcars, baby! <laughs> um, you saw that no fate well, basically, so Yugen lets go of him and he goes, Oh, that's a bloody nasty gash. Oh, don't worry, though, I'm probably got something to fix that up as like he digs around and he pulls that what the hell is this? Some kind of metal ballistic type slug that is in your arm. That's very impressive. Looks like no arrowhead that I've ever seen before. As he like basically like reaches around on him, I'll say that like his adventuring stuff was nearby. So we, I would say that the successes of your boxcars is he put something in the shoulder of Brennan that will hopefully get him to last longer. Right. Okay. Don't know how much longer. Um, you saw that old no face with nobody looking at him did try and escape but because you were very quick you yanked his leg and he just hits the floor again and conks out
1: yeah um I get him into like the back of the car and I I uh, bind him to the back there I gag him so he can't talk Don't have, I don't want him suggesting anything to Jack and Jill because they are uh, quite suggestible
0: Mm mm-hmm unfortunately suggestible. yeah so Uh, i
1: just i just basically make sure he's he's bound up nice and tight he's you know not gonna say anything or go anywhere and what's your destination um trottle era i suppose but we need i i need a baseline of where we are before that can be established
0: Uh, Jürgen sticks his head forward and he goes, right, do you know where you're going then? I know where I want to go, but I don't know where we are. Right, well, if my calculations are correct, because I was on the road between Jogathon and Chotolera, right, but I fell off uh, probably somewhere near Pink Eyes Mountain. So, and he, like, pulls out a map and he's starting to kind of, like, triangulate. I think we're probably going to have to go around this bend, right? Then, probably through you, it's probably gonna be a little bit rocky, but in a couple of hours' time, we should be in trottleera,
1: hopefully, all right, I'll try and get us there all right,
0: mush okay um the uh the robotic horse uh uh gasoline kicks in and it starts to um pull the cart forward
1: to trottleera first time in years. Not, like, hmm. not quite the reception I thought I'd get in my hometown.
0: Uh, you then start to head onto the path and almost as if poetically, the rain does start to clear up a little bit but it, and starts to turn into the blue earth early morning as you head to Trottolera. Uh Bradley sticks his head through and kind of looks at it and he goes, you know those two in the back are, don't you?
1: That
0: I do. Yeah, the funny thing is, though, they have
1: no idea. They I, I have some idea. And I pull out the crumpled bit of paper and um, hand it to him. The one that has the crudely drawn ah. picture of a fat son. Ah,
0: Prince Fat! Oh, well, I guess now he's, uh, well, I guess he's not so fat anymore. And he's not even a prince anymore. He's king. <laughs> Bloody nonsense, isn't it? Yeah, they seem to remember Pratt. You know, they mean singing his praises, saying how much of a handsome boy he is and how lovely he is. But when I actually ask him about, you know, how do you, uh, you know, what stuff you got up to with him and holidays and stuff like that, there seem to be a lot of gaps around the king and queen stuff. So whatever stuff that bloody monster gave him, well, I think we'll be starting from scratch on him
1: might be able to fix might be able to find someone back in the city who might be able to fix them but I'm sure I'm sure if their son is now the king he'll spare no expense in bringing his ma and pa back to reality
0: uh, maybe I mean didn't you hear about the thing that happened at Christmas?
1: I've been out of country for a few years but I did get some rumblings uh, a man named a man named Basilio told me uh a few things. Here and there.
0: Oh, oh you know. Oh, no, oh you know Basilio. Paper.
1: Oh no, I read that in a paper. But yeah, I know I mentioned Basilio. Yeah. Oh, and that's my mum That's my memory's getting a bit jumbled now. I read that in a. But yeah, I, I met a man named Basilio. Oh right, and what happened to him? I don't. I don't write. I don't know. We were on the cart together, and then when it crashed and I came to, he was nowhere to be found. Fa- you don't think he's back
0: there, do you? Nah, no. I don't. Last person who was in the cage with me, they. uh... I don't really want to see what happened to him, unfortunately. you not very pretty, but... Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I was too. in
1: a car, and I woke up in a... I woke up in what seemed like a guest room or something.
0: Yeah, same with me, mate. Those, uh, those two back there, despite the fact they lost their memories, and that guy was such a prick to them, uh, that's just too nice. You know, they want to, you know, feed you up and make sure you that you're doing well. But, uh, yeah, like I said, once he realised that... Bullshit that he put in that line wasn't going to work on me, I think he was just hoping I'd, you know, die a silent death downstairs and, you know, he'd pretend to be me and, uh, cash in on my likeness. Speaking of which, hope he hasn't bloody ruined my name in Trottalera. Or well, he didn't get the chance with me, but we can only hope.
2: <laughs>
0: I suppose so, mate. <laughs> you know, it's funny, actually, there was an explorer who said that apparently I should be king of Trottalera. Not that i got much fuss for that, I'd rather go adventuring. But, hey-oh, I suppose those, uh, looking back at them, actually, I suppose their days of rulership are over, but, uh, nice retirement, I guess.
1: It's better than, better than being mindless thralls for some madman, I suppose, but... As if they can even uh, get themselves back.
0: Eh, uh, maybe. Oh, they got wizards and stuff for that. Oh, King Pratt tried bringing magic back to, uh, some success, so, eh,
1: yeah, I'll have to wait and see, I guess. Oh, Magic, that's competition for me.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, have you ever had this thing, right? They put a blue mushroom in it. It makes you feel nice and light. It's banging.
1: I've not had that one.
0: i heard of it. Oh, oh I'll have to take you to M. Hoth. It's banging. All
1: right, oh, that's a- that'll be lovely. Do you think I need a? <laughs> I need a drink? <laughs> that though I haven't prepared to calm my nerves after this one.
0: As your kind of cart then appears almost on the sunrise over the city of Trottelera. So what I guess I will ask in some sort of montage is, where do you go first?
1: I think, considering who I think I have, I think, well, I go to the castle both for an apothecary and to Mm. demand an audience with who I've now learned is King Pratt.
0: Your cart pulls up to the castle then. Uh Jill puts her face out the window and she goes, Oh boy, look at that. Oh that's that must be where the king lives, right? That, that is indeed where the king lives. Does it seem familiar? <laughs> no, like I said, the uh the mast I guess oh, the rat, sorry. Uh you know, he would take all the newspapers away from us and stuff like that, so no I've never seen something as wonderful as this. Speaking of, we probably better see to what they have to say to the rat. Mm. Jack's kind of like coming around as well and yawning and just sort of trying to pull himself up as. Yeah, what what do you do? Do you check how that guy's getting?
1: Yeah, I well? have a. I well, basically I get out of the car and I call for like a guard or an attendant
0: or anyone. I'm like, wait, we need some help over here. Okay, a uh, couple of Dogman guards come down, and they just like, "Oh, stop right there! What's up?"
1: I've, we've, I got kidnapped last night, and I think, I think the people I have in the back are Brennan and Manon. What? I I can't. It's a very long story. I need to see Prince Pratt. I need a doctor, and I need a jailer. Oh
0: well, first thing we first, King Pratt, and same thing second, we'll uh, see what we can do. Okay. As, uh, yeah, the dog man guard kind of sticks his head through the window. He's like, Well, I'll be. Oh, boy. Oh, uh, p- p- sir, madam, please come through. Come with me. Uh, you too. And, uh, uh, sorry, who are you? Uh, uh, Jake and Bradley, mate. I don't have to come in. I, 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 I go be to see. They've <laughs> been wondering where I've been for weeks. Uh, do you want Jenkins to come with I you mean, me? I mean, if or, he just uh, said he's with- got
1: people to go and see, I'm not going to
0: stop him. <laughs> yeah. Right, I'll be seeing you soon, mate. Hey, hemlock off, alright? Meet me in a few hours. Alright. As, yeah, you kind of lead the charges you head up to. The castle I, do grab, I do grab I do
1: Skull Face before we go. Okay.
0: <laughs> I was a you didn't have him in the front in the front of the cart with you, and you could have talked. Yeah, we could have had a long speech sto-
1: about language.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, mate. Language—it's—it's uh, it's nationalistic. That's why I want to destroy the English language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the. Fu- and then he stops talking, and then music pipes in for five minutes. Uh, you are pulling skullface behind you, then, and he is still like completely out of it, as you head over to Trotlera Castle. Oh boy, the thing is like a big old lighthouse just off in the distance that you can see from every point in the kingdom. As you head in, there are wonderful marble floors and nice tall ceilings, and as you head into the throne room, you look to your left and you see paintings of all the different hemlocks starting at Uriel, and then they change shape, and then eventually, as you get to the end of them, there is a rather fantastic painting of Brennan, who, uh, not quite in that shape just from the years and also just from weeks of working for Skullface, And then a nice big painting of King Pratt. Pratt, who is in his fancy pyjamas with a little dragon sitting on his shoulder. And uh, he's talking to some of his advisors and he's just like, right, Sorry, what's happening? What, what What's going on? Oh, there's a man here, sir. So his name is... Uh... Oh, sorry, what did you say your name was? Sunken Brewer. Duncan Brewer. Oh, is this to do with the, uh... This is to do with the drinks competition, right? No. Uh, no, sir. Uh, Oh, Pratt heads over to you, then. He's just kind of, like, rubbing his eyes. He's like, oh, sorry. I was very early in the morning, and, uh, usually my uh, stuff doesn't start for a while. Uh, what's up? I think,
1: actually, as he's approaching, um, Duncan does kind of go down on, like, bent knee, and just... It's... I not mean, it's a pleasure to be back in the country, sir, and... It's uh, it's great to see that you're doing well. Uh, my, sorry, my family has been serving. He looks up. My family, the brewers, we've run Trotler Tipple for generations. We've been serving this country, and your great family and uh, I just got back after years this morning and stumbled into a right mess. Oh gosh, what happened? I I was kidnapped, sir, by by him. And you see, I point to the skull. I point to no face.
0: Oh my god, it's, it's one of those necromancers. Look at his skulls and face. No,
1: it's not that. I I melted his face in self-defense.
0: Oh, yeah. The cl- oh, right. No, that classic move. Oh, I, fair enough. Oh, jeez. Oh, All right, and... So what, you want me to put, throw him in the dungeon or something? Well, that? that
1: would be lovely, but I think...
0: Your parents were missing, right, sir? Uh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, for quite a while. Um, We put search parties out and we tried looking for them, but then, you know, duty called and all that, and uh, just for a weird s- set of events, I ended up becoming king of Error, but I'm still looking for them as far as I can. I
1: think this man is the one who kidnapped them, and I-, I brought them here. What? It's as I said, they don't have their memories, they think they're Jack and jill they uh, he, i i pulled the paper that i uh, handed up it, it the one named Jack who looks a lot like your da he gave me he gave me this he told me to come here and look for you look for the man in this picture and well that's not that's who you used to be, I presume, but their memories are their memories are gone, but they're a spitting image. I know the king and queen.
0: He's like kind of like weak at the knees, this really tall guy kind of looks like like a tower about a to collapse as he's just kind of looking at that picture uh he's trying to hold back tears a little bit as he just kind of looks at you and he goes where are they where where are they i they
1: should have been brought in with me i they should have been taken to a to an apothecary or, uh, uh
0: one named jack brennan he was he was shot oh he's Oh, he, he he didn't hear that bit because Pratt is gone. He's gone to go see where the apothecary is, <laughs> leaving you in the room with two of Pratt's advisors and Skull Face. And the advi- one of the advisors looks at you and he goes, "Oh, so uh, what? So you managed to find the king and queen then?" Well,
1: I, if that is them, I I didn't. I couldn't even say I found them. I I stumbled into them. I I. I was in a, I was in a cart, um, Mark Hart's Horses and Carts, uh, and it crashed on the side of the road, and when I came to, I was in the care of this man here. This man who was claiming to be one called Jürgen Bradley, apparently kicking up a fuss. He tried to poison me, then when it failed, he drew a gun and tried to give me lead poisoning.
0: The guy blinks and goes,
1: What's a gun? Don't you fucking play with me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, the advisor's oh. just like oh. I don't know okay. what a gun is. Oh, that was
1: one of the advisors.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't skullface. Okay. The guy just. Oh, sorry, what's it gun? A gun.
1: It's a. It's a, <laughs> it's a revolver. Or a, I, I, I. He had the revolver, or we had the revolvers on us. Like I produce the. I produce it. You pull that, and it and it sends like. Uh, it sends a bit of metal really fast, really dangerous
0: sort. I've seen these wo- use the world over. Uh, an advisor is rushing back into the room and uh, whispers to the one that you're talking to, who looks at you and goes, Oh, um, King Pratt is offering you quite a substantial reward for uh, what you have done, sir. Uh, you don't have to come up with anything now, but... Uh, I don't know what what's your what what's your greatest desire? Well, that's
1: uh, that's so sudden. I I, I
0: don't <laughs> he's a pretty sudden guy and uh considering the circumstances uh <laughs> yeah he's uh, very agreeable at the moment.
1: I I would love to have have my family's my family's bre- I'd love for us to be the official brewers of the country for it's what we strive for for years was to be the best and to serve and to be part of this nation's heritage and, you know, serve all our fine people.
0: Uh, the guy, uh, okay, they kind of talk to one another and he goes, Yeah, that seems like some Pratt would do. Yeah, we we, we we, can make that happen. We, we can get that written up, sir.
1: Right, that's, uh,
0: <laughs> Okay, cool. I <laughs> oh, can't wait to tell my
1: many sons about this after... I mean, I've got a lot to tell him. Not just that I got shot last night. <laughs> uh, that's... yeah. He's uh, speechless.
0: Yeah, um, everyone's a little bit speechless at the moment. Like Pratt hasn't even like returned yet. Probably won't. <laughs> uh, could I get a doctor? I've had a bit
1: of a rough go of it myself. That's oh yeah. We'll, I haven't... We'll, we'll get the... that. Isn't quite my wish, but it is one of them.
0: Uh, yeah, we'll um, uh, go straight to the apothecary. We'll uh, fix you right up.
1: Right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I
0: I need to be... Oh, yeah, him. Yeah, we'll throw him in the dungeon. Don't worry. Yeah,
1: I need to go, and I, I need to meet with Jurgen later for drink. I've got a busy day ahead. I've already had a hell of a day. And-
0: oh, yeah. Oh, I, I bet. <laughs> well, okay. And, yeah, we got a busy day writing up all this paperwork, making you the official brewer. Uh, uh, what's your name again? Duncan Brewer of Trottle Tipple. And, uh, okay. You could do with a, I don't know, a bit of a status, though, something to, uh, you know, really put your name on the map. Lord, Duncan Brewer, I... I don't
1: know, I'm not not one for fancy titles, I live to serve. You pull
0: out your application form and have a look at what your role says. The Duke of Drinks. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. I'm Duncan Brewer, the Duke of Drinks. <laughs> <laughs> that was fancy.
1: That was a fancy thing. That's not something he would describe himself as, but
0: I guess now he does. He is the Duke of Drinks. Congratulations, Snake. Duncan Brewer has now been actually officiated He has become- He has now been granted land, so that he may actually be officiated as a Duke of Drinks. Awesome. Excellent. So I guess what I will ask you is <laughs> that, then, after oh, such a weird adventure. After, after
1: uh, what,
0: the slasher-thick episode. The slasher yeah, after episode. the um after, after the house escape uh, episode, what happens next for
1: Duncan Brewer? He returns to his family, has a warm reception, has a nice dinner with his wife, who he hasn't seen in several years, and catches up with all of his kids, and he... Regales them with a sanitized version of the adventure he went through, while they probably go, "Yeah, of course, Dad." Until the newspaper comes out and they're like, "Oh, that actually happened." You <laughs> uh, so probably a few days of rest and recovery, and then yeah, uh, the a new a new big brewery is built onto the side of the castle, a big wing of it where he he regales them with like tales, and he. Shows them drinks from the world over. Better than the ones we've heard today, which make you bitterly angry or are made f- to be drank by s- men made of literal steel. You know, mm-hmm. he, te- he gives them, you know, good drinks. He, te- he teaches them about lasmuk, a potent syrup that you add to make any drink alcoholic yet very, very sweet. About Ooh, uh, very nice. About lackey, a drink popular in a region of the world called the Mesden, which is you know, twice distilled grapes that... They say he can let you breathe fire, and it's harsh, but it's very satisfying. And uh, yeah. in uh, in the spirit of Jürgen, he teaches them about chog, a dwarven drink, Ooh. which many, many dwarven miners say is what they drink before they go into the most poisonous mines. They say it's a drink that is so potent that poison doesn't dare go down the throat of any man who has drunk this.
0: Which Oh that becomes a that becomes a very popular drink with the uh, dwarves who work in the sewers underneath Trottelera, actually. That becomes their national drink.
1: Mm. Mm. And uh, about the more gimmicky stuff like worm wine, which is uh this drink's got a bit of a w a bit of worm in it. Oh very nice.
0: It's a worm with a Y. Uh, uh Duncan also famously invents the small umbrellas that you put in drinks Oh, yeah. <laughs> at some point, I guess. <laughs> I guess we also learn, I guess they also learn about revolvers. Oh yeah, that's also something true. Oh yeah, that's something that, like, you hand over to, like, the Trottle error Advisors being like, I have no idea what this is, could you look at it and see if we can, uh, backwards engineer it, maybe? Which leads into a horrible age of the saloon shootout. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Eventually, at uh, at uh, the Trottel Era, about twenty years from now, will build the biggest revolver they can, thus starting off what a, an age which is known as the Great War. <laughs> oh no. Was it, was all, it and, wasn't all good. An older Pratt famously say, Well, th- this will be the weapons to end all weapons, I'm sure of it.
1: And yeah, Duncan um goes back to what he did. He he's back in Trottelera, he was He's kind of back behind the bar, back doing what he loves, talking with locals, yeah. being a big guy about town. He feels like, from the way people talk to him, he's like, oh, people have kind of forgotten me, and he reintroduces himself to Error in a big way. Just,
0: becomes a bit of a folk hero, I suppose. I imagine if those, if
1: that was indeed Brennan and Manon as they as it seemed to be, then I Im- mm. I imagine yes the the weird publican who <laughs> who just wound up bumbling into saving them. Yeah. And obviously
0: later that day he catches up with Jürgen and they have a few drinks. And Jürgen tells him all about uh, all the stuff that he's got going on in his life, which isn't that exciting in all honesty. Mostly spolunking, that's his That's thing. what he likes, and I, um, yeah. I, I guess while it's
1: neither here nor there he does li- he does put a feeler out for Basilio Rivliero <laughs> to see where the hell that guy wound up.
0: Which, you kind of hear a lot from Basilio's relative, Task, hmm. who hasn't heard anything about where Basilio uh, Riviero got. I
1: will to. say, I do tell the guards, like, I give them directions back to the oh, place sure. where we escaped from, in case they want to go and look at that.
0: I imagine they would want to if that's, oh, the king and queen were kidnapped here. Hmm. And that is something that they do look into, finding evidence of the uh, yeah the destroyed car, even finding quite a lot of the stuff that was stolen from them, from that car. The guy had tried to fence a lot of their jewellery, but not everything. So, yeah. But there's still quite a bit of a mystery with that, because this guy has no identity that they can figure out. And now that his face has been burnt... Oh, God. There's nothing, yeah. There there is nothing. The guy is a literal cipher, which I guess in a weird way is what he always wanted.
1: Oh, that's bad. Oh, dear.
0: Oh, no. And he does promise a world without languages. (laughs) 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 Oh, no. The Trottle Era strain. He does... As he is taken away in a cart to a more secure prison, he does say, Be seeing ya, boss. Oh. To Tunky. And then a
1: man with robot legs walks over and shoots him
0: in the face. I did it! (laughs) Prince Pratt does that. Oh, I did it! I stopped him! Revenge! Uh, people at home, if you haven't played <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Five: the uh, Phantom Plane, please do. Yeah, I can
1: assure you it's one of the greatest comedies ever made.
0: It is. It's is the funniest film of the past ten years. I think that's it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Snake, you did it. I did it. I Tass Rivaliero Re- used the situation of finding his parents to start a, <laughs> to a tollbooth company. And yet Duncan <laughs> Brewer the second time round did finally fa- did finally find them. Boy, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does it mean? I guess you'll it have to find chill. out
1: next time on Questin
0: Show. B <laughs> No, I can't do that bit yet because I haven't done the proper outro. But yeah, I think there's gonna be a lot of uh Lot of fallout from this is mm. oh boy. I wonder if it will be like the second season of um, Twin Peaks where they actually solve who killed Laura Palmer and then it goes off the rails. I hope not. But... Time will tell. Well, time will well, tell. He may have found his missing parents, but the question is, can they find their missing memories? We'll have to just wait and see. But until then, though, most importantly, Snake. Did you have a fun time? I did have a fun
1: time. I I, I do in some way begrudge the bad roles, but I do kind of find it funny because Duncan was meant to be very much the opposite of task. He was not, not meant to be, a comp- obviously not a competent fighter. He was just thrown into a horror situation mm. and I very will... much scraped oh, by it.
0: I will say, I did ask you to trust me at the beginning. Do you feel that that trust has been... That trust has been preserved. Uh, okay, That's good. That you created this character who was going to be a nice publican, probably was going to go on an adventure. Like, oh no, there's a slime in the basement. Better stop that. No, that didn't happen. He ended up in a horrible <laughs> slasher situation, sir. <laughs> so. Poor Duncan.
1: This isn't what he Poor deserved. Duncan. But hey, he made the he made the best of it.
0: He did much like a Center, He took took harsh spirits and managed to make something very tasty out of it. So. By tasty, I mean, I guess he saved the king—the the previous king and queen of Lair. So, pretty good.
1: All in a day's work. That is service, which is one of his skills.
0: It actually is. Yeah. So it all paid off. The bartender who always has his who will go to great lengths for his customers, including saving them from weird slasher house situations. <laughs> So before we wrap up, Snake, are there any last plugs or uh, shout outs that you want to make? Uh, well, I'll, I'll plug my channel as
1: I'll plug my channel as ever. I will plug commentary comms, even though we haven't uploaded anything in a in a good long while.
0: Have you uploaded anything between the last time you were on and now?
1: Uh, I I think, because so, we've all been very all been kind of busy, busy and split. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there isn't really anything I I I plugged. I think most of the people I would plug have been on this
0: season. I was about to say you you plugged Spicy last time, and he plugged you um when he was on. Oh, so I got I better plug him then, even though this is just we're yeah. now just ping pong, We're now again. just ping
1: ponging plugs. Uh, Spicy, yeah, chicken exactly. God. <laughs> spicy Chicken God. I think I told him, yeah, you should sign up for it. Well, he, was, he expressed interest for it. I just I put I spread it. I spread this around it was in season one, and a few people expressed interest.
0: He had a good time. Oh. He's in he due to his influence, ghosts now exist in the world of trod lairs. Uh... I suppose
1: I should plug um Harold Finch, uh, YouTube name yep. Mr. Cool Manist, which I uh I'm on his Dokapon Kingdom LP, which is he's not been terribly well lately, but we have recorded a lot more of it than is uploaded. And That's we're good. still just chipping away at it. Um, you know, when he's physically able. He's hopefully on the mend. He is you know. It's been a rough year for him.
0: Best wishes. All right. I guess with that then, um, well, like I said, thank you again for coming on, Snake. Thank you very much. It was a lot of fun. And hopefully we may have you back for season three or whatever happens next, I suppose. I got to play someone even worse
1: than Task to uh, balance out.
0: Well, Well, I guess, yeah, you've done the Goldilocks thing. You played... Somebody bad, then somebody nice. Now I guess you are kind gonna of have to play somebody who's just right. And by that I mean morally grey, I see. Yeah, a,
1: someone who's just right is morally grey.
0: He's going to help, like Prince Pratt's going to end up in a kidnap situation and you're just going to be like, oh I'm going to help you out sir, but only if you fund my business. <laughs> I really want to help you out, but I also really want you to fund my business. <laughs> We'll see what happens. Oh, we'll dude. see what happens. See
1: where we Was see that- where we wind up. See where Trottle Error is in a uh, in a
0: little in <laughs> in a few months' time. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely right. And uh, from me, thank you very much for listening to Quest and Show. If you did so on uh, a podcast app, please leave a review. And if you did so on YouTube, please leave a like and a comment. I have been James, the game master. You can follow me at Hot on Twitter. I would also like to thank the Patreon producers that made this episode possible, which include Chasm, Valerie B, and VG. Uh, if you would like to help with the production of uh, episodes, a question, show, or anything else that I make, uh, please consider supporting me on Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash hot cider. H-O-T-C-Y-D-E-R. And until next time, thank you for listening and goodbye.